0: Uh, up, up next, we are gonna do part two of our conversation, as promised. We couldn't fit in everything with uh, Jerome Demon last Friday, so we asked him to kindly come back again, so we can get um, get into more, especially about the, his officiating during the 2010 FIFA World Cup. Because we got carried away, we traced his journey, we spoke about teaching and a lot of other stuff, and we want to talk about the World Cup and other refereeing matters now with Jerome Demon.
1: Here, there. And everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg
0: Tabiso Musiya on SAFM Before we speak to Mr. Damon, let me just acknowledge this SMS from Mike in East London who says, please remember that it is exactly 25 years ago that the Springboks won the 1995 World Cup. Thanks for that Mike, but well, today is the 23rd i think that final was on the 24th can the guys please check that at the back i'll ask the producers to check that mic but i'm sure that it was uh, the 24th of june because we did discuss it here as a team but we'll double check it for you but let's welcome mr jerome Demon back on the line good evening sir thanks again for giving us some of your time tonight
1: Yeah, good to be back. Uh, A few days in between, but yeah,
0: all good. I don't even know where to pick it up from, but uh, we last heard from Dr. Errol Sweeney when we spoke to you. But I want to talk about maybe the World Cup. We didn't get too much into the World Cup, uh, Jerome Mm -hmm. Damon. In 2006, you were a standby for the World Cup. What does a standby do? What exactly does that mean? Uh,
1: So in 2006, FIFA started the project... uh, to prepare for the next World Cup. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we were part of the team that were just going to be uh, learning. So it was part of a mentorship program in actual fact. Um, So we were going to learn the ropes, get the feeling of what it was like to be part of a World Cup. And so um, Enoch, myself and Justice Yeboah from Ghana, we were a wrestling trio on the support team. And essentially, what we did were we were fourth and fifth officials for most for the for the for most of the first round, and then we got i think we got one um knockout match and then we left just before the quarterfinals we left Germany just before the quarter final stages um mm. and so I think I did nine fourth officials that 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 year and it, it gave me a good exposure to uh to what the competition was going to be like, um, and I think that part of, but was part of the grooming process to the next World Cup, um, you know, and, and the succession plan for, for FIFA, and this is how FIFA works in planning for the next World Cup, and to bring match officials in, they may not necessarily referee, mm-hmm. but they form part of the support team.
0: So you say that experience prepared you then for the next World Cup in 2010?
1: Absolutely, definitely. I mean, I got to work with with, with the hoozoo of of refereeing around the time, the Herbert Sandels, the Marcus Merckx, the um, uh, Graham Paul mm. of this world, and so we. So yeah, I got exposure to a lot of those referees um, and, and how they play their trade, how they plan and go about, you know, handling a match
0: let's talk about 2010 now mr jerome damon that first game against well slovakia and new zealand that's the one we saw all over the highlights last week on tv just share with us i mean how was the mood building up to that to, to match day and how were you feeling sir
1: well, the announcement was made um prior to the tournament, um, of, of all was going where, because obviously they made the announcement to the first matches etc. and we happened to be in the first in the first pool of referees who were going to officiate and so uh the day before um the day before the match we would we traveled down to um the Rustenburg. So we stayed in in Pretoria. That was Refuge HQ, mm. uh, just outside Pretoria. And so we we took the, the the drive down to Rustenburg, which was a familiar road for us, of course, because um, we officiate there quite often. And I remember sitting there and and watching the scenery go by and and. <laughs> And although it was familiar, it just was so different this time because we were in our, in our, in our vehicle we had police escort, we had the med- the, the medical um, ambulance with us um, in the in the escort, and we were driving and we were feeling quite well I was feeling quite um you know a bit overwhelmed by everything and uh, and, and the realization that this this journey of of months and years of training uh, was going to come down to this moment. Did, so we stayed, uh, yeah.
0: No, go ahead, go ahead, I'm listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, we stayed at, um, we stayed, uh, then we'd, I uh, our, our wanted, like, where are we going to stay, where are we going to stay? And then we pulled into Sun City. I've never been to Sun City in my life, up to that point. Wow. Um, and so we, you know, we got to check in into Sun City, um, and that's where we were going to be. Um, and, and I'm, I'm trying to think now. No, no, it wasn't minus one. It wasn't match day minus one. It was match day minus two. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is how we work at in, in a tournament with with referees. So it was match day minus two when we pulled in there, um, because I remember spending a full day in sunset before the match, mm. uh, and then you know we do our match preparation. We meet we, before we left the referees HQ. We met with the psychologists um, just to check that, you know, we're in the right frame of mind. Our fitness coaches gave us some things that we needed to do um, the day before the game because they were not going to be there. Um, they were, we were going to link with a local fitness coach. And um, so I was in the in the FIFA hotel. We were in the FIFA hotel. And so we went about planning for the match. We hung out together, myself, Enoch, and uh, Celestine we planned the match. We we looked at because um, we got given some of the DVDs of that time. The DVDs of DVDs <laughs> of how our players how players played, um, what some of the tactics of the coach. Um, you know, looked at the last match. So so that's how we prepare. You know, so it's a lot of uh, a lot of video work that we did um, because the physical the physical fitness preparation work had been done. It was just about doing the match preparation, um, and. Uh, so, the, on the morning of the match, um, we had breakfast together, We uh, and then we just, you know, went into, and, and each referee prepares differently, and I know after having been with, with Enoch and Celestine for a while, I, I know how they prepare, and so we had lots of quiet time in that day, in that morning, uh, where we could just reflect and draw within ourselves, touch base with whomever we needed to, but I limited my, my I, I screened everything that I did, Um <laughs> I I I remember speaking to my family, the texting texting mm. my wife, um, and and chatting with her, and and then it was you know two hours prior you you leave you leave the hotel in your escort again, mm. uh, we're all packed up and ready, and by the, by then the, the kit had been packed, the, the cards had been pulled out, the teams were playing on the on the on my white card that I kept with my scores. A yellow card and I was praying I didn't need to use a red card in that match. Um, and we were off to the stadium. And, of course, by now the nerves are, you know, the bubbles are going, the butterflies are flying. I can't remember <laughs> how I got from Sun City to the Royal Buffalo King. I have to be honest. Um, it was an absolute, you know, just complete days. I, rem- I do remember getting out of the um, out of the car mm. That we traveled in and we and i just took a deep breath and I, and in front of me i saw the the entrance to the stadium and i, and I thought this is it uh you, there's no turning around now this is now putting your best foot forward um knowing that everybody's watching um you know this is a significant game for new zealand obviously for sort of slovakia as well but also a significant game for south africa because the south african refereeing um yeah. persons were, were going to be officiating in this game and, and you know um Bafana had, 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 had given a good showing in the opening match. I thought, no, no, you can't be the one dropping the <laughs> ball now, Jerome. Uh, really.
0: You mentioned you know? earlier that you, you, when you were preparing, you watched DVDs of your previous matches. Why is that?
1: Well, we watched the DVDs of, of how Slovakia played. In their previous in their qualifiers yeah. uh, we get information on, on on certain key players so that we know you know when a coach makes a, when a coach makes a change um, what is he wanting to achieve with this change so that we know how what is the temperament of how is the, the game going to change is it going to become faster is it going to become more tactical is the, is the midfield going to be a bit more congested which means I have to now just go wider or quicker through the midfield when i 'm oh. running um, you know, so we prepare all of that. That's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, nowadays, we also prepare with a drone, and I'm sorry, I can talk about that some other time. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, we uh, we look at the key players in the in the New Zealand team, for example. Are they tall? So they are. are the, do they play with the front man running up and then playing it back to the to to the receiving the uh, attacker? Um, do they hold the ball? Uh, so we look at all of this um, so that we know. Okay, this is probably going to be a high ball, high cross from the from the left or from the right, so that we can so that we can anticipate where the ball is probably going to drop. So those are the things that we do
0: for I, so I would have never thought. I thought you just get there an hour before you do those drills and you warm up and you blow the whistle. That is no, interesting.
1: It's a whole lot of work that gets done to prepare the referee for that. Okay. Um, and so. We would have like like at training. We had like I told you before, we had the roosellas blowing. Yeah. The, the the players were, 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 they were they were players playing on the field of play. We we drilled real live matches, real life situations as to how to react, how to deal with this, how to deal with that. And so it's it's a very scientific approach. So by the time I I walked into the dressing room, I, I had an idea of who the key players were, were were for for Slovakia, who the key players were for for um. New Zealand, mm. and where the biggest disciplinary problem could possibly come from. And so I look out, I say, ah, that's him, first tackle, <laughs> um, I'm right there, on top of him, imposing my personality um, and making, making the player realize, listen, I'm in control, I'm on, I'm on to you, um, either you're going to play like I want you to play, or you're going to find yourself in hot water. And so that's basically some of the tactics that we used. Reminds me of a story. If I can just digress. Yes. In 2006, um, I'm in the dressing room, and uh, uh, Ibrahimovic is uh, Sweden is playing uh, Brazil at night, and we are in the Berlin stadium, and Ibrahim and, and I'm the fourth official. Mm. So I need to get the players out and and into the lineup because it's a long way under the ground it's, uh, the. the, the Change rooms are under the, under the ground, mm. and so it's a long way before we get to the top. Um, and he comes out, and he's like, we, we're going to run late, and, and he's taking his old three time, and he tells me, and says, you know who I am. <laughs> I look at him, and I said, I've got no idea who you are, but for now you are number, and I look, and I say, are you number 10? Uh, you need to get into your lineup as quickly as possible. Nobody tells me what to do, about, and you know, my friend.
0: That is the Zlatan Ibrahimovic that we know.
1: That is the Zlatan. And of course, now I'm uh, confronted with him uh, and I can feel the attitude like, you know, coming at me. And I whooped up my worst Cape Flats Afrikaans. I will not ever (laughs) repeat the words I used on him. He had no clue what I had said, but I got everything that I wanted to say off my chest. He looked at me, and he could feel my anger, and he just walked away. And I walked behind him in absolute silence. Mm. Uh, we didn't make eye contact with one another again. He came up to me afterwards, and he said, "Sorry, Ref." <laughs> um, I said, uh, "It's okay. I'm not going to tell you what I said." Um, and, and he walked away.
0: That is afterwards. the slattern that we know. <laughs> what a great yeah. story! That's yeah. a story so, for ages. So,
1: so, so, now coming back to Wilberforce King, we are in, we are in the stadium. We are now. We're going to our warm-up. And uh, Enoch points. I check the scoreboard. I look up, and big, the big South African flag on the scoreboard, oh. and our names on, and our names on next to it. And I tell you, that's a, that's an image that, that is burnt into my memory. Mm. Uh, seeing that flag up there with your name next to it, um, with the details of the match. And then it's then it's game time. Mm. Um, so we we called up to come and line up. I do remember walking out in front, and as I'm walking, just before I as I left before I left the ball, I had a habit of, of 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 greeting my family at home and telling them that okay, I'm I'm okay, I've done my match preparation, mm-hmm. I have, you know, so I used to, I used to touch my right ear ah, to, and tell they- I, to tell them to tell them I'm all done, I'm ready. I've listened to my music, I've reflected on my game, um, and I lifted the and as I lifted the ball. Off the off its off its perch. I just took a deep breath and I walked. I can't remember the toss. I can remember moments in the game. Mm. Um, I do remember the late the late winner that New Zealand scored. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: And and yeah. So uh, and, and within a moment that that game was done. And I didn't want to go near my phone uh, because I didn't want to. Um, to to hear any stories from anybody. Um, Because you know, whilst there are people at also those people have lots of negative things to say. So I didn't want, but I knew I needed to call my my dad. You know, and I called my father and he said, well done my boy, Uh, well done Team South, he called us Team South Africa. He said, tell Team South Africa I'm very proud of them. And we didn't care what anybody else said afterwards because in 2006, in the, during the Africa Cup of Nations semi-final, it was a very tight call by Enoch, um and immediately after the game, uh, we got so much tick from everybody in the stadium. I I called from Egypt and I called him. He said to me, "Tell tell Enoch an excellent decision," and that was within 10 seconds, and he put the phone down. <laughs> and so we knew, so we knew that when he said to us, "Well done, Team South Africa," that we had acquitted ourselves well and we and and, then you know and then that that was the moment. and he also did say, Oh, and your mom cried. I said, no, obviously,
0: I expected it to be that. <laughs> <You laughs> what know? a beautiful story, and what beautiful storytelling. Like somebody said last week, you are a true teacher the way you tell uh, the <laughs> stories. Yeah. And um, there's also a message here that's just come in. It says, I love this conversation. I didn't know referees are so technical, the way they study the matches and substitutions. Great one. Thank you, Mazzibuko. There. Uh, I'm going to go to the voice notes just now. You you started something here with that Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, Mr. Jerome Demon. A lot of people are, are referring to it. But What's the finest chip you've heard? Maybe now from the stands. Do you get chipped from the stands by the fence?
1: Of course, you get chipped. Um, in, in South Africa, of course, you get chipped. I know they when they're singing, "Hey, when I referee, hey, when I know, ah, they they're onto me today. They are to me today, you know. And when I don't hear that, I'm like, something's wrong. They are normally on my back by now. <laughs> so we do get chipped. And and you know what, you. You have to accept that in football, people and players and coaches are going to react, and you need to decide as a referee how do I react to this? Do I take it into my heart and and and, and want to react aggressively? And there are times that you that you do, and then there are moments that you need to take your authority. You know, um, I remember there was a game, one of the PSR matches, uh, one of the one of the fo- footballers. I'm not going to mention his name. Uh, he's a well-known footballer in South Africa. He kept, and he gave me a mouthful. He dressed me down in in no uncertain. And of course, the opposition said, "You need to leave it like this, this, Uh, You know, um, it was it was, yeah, it was a team from Durban and a team from Gauteng. <laughs> and um, I looked at him. I said, "No, no, no." Uh, I said, "Are you done?" He looked at me very very strangely. I said, "Have you finished?" But he said, and and he was puzzled. I said. Okay, now breathe, let's carry on with the game. <laughs> and we and we and, and we and we carry on with the game. But then then there are other occasions when, when players are not so lucky. Um and I pull them one side and we have a lovely conversation. Of course. And I often and I look where where are the cameras, so because people can read lips, you know. <laughs> um and so and then and then I dress him down and then I make it very clear that we need to respect one another. Um if you're going to cross the line I'm going to cross the line with you, and I'm going to come out on top. So let's play within the rules, and let's keep it fair, and enjoy the game. Because I don't, the the last thing, and and you have to understand this, the last thing a referee wants to do is send off a player. I enjoy the games, and when I train referees now, I always remind them, football is about 11 versus 11. And it's about the players expressing themselves within the laws of the game. And when players play within the laws of the game, then you as a referee, you enjoy. You enjoy the game. I enjoyed many of my matches. And then there are games that you go and you go, oh my word! It's going to be one of those games where every single time there's a contact, you're going to have to blow. And and we hate those. I hated those games where I love to see the game flow, and I enjoyed, you know, feeling the passion of the crowd, how they how they you know, gro- groaned when somebody missed out, how, how they celebrated when they scored. Um, and, and in every country, it's very different. But it's always very special when they score in South Africa. And that noise, I tell you, it's uh, it's, it's amazing.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Let me acknowledge the voice notes. Let's play as many as we can, guys.
1: Uh, good evening, Tabiso.
0: I'd like to ask him, do they not get intimidated by these big players, these superstars, you know, watching them? in the same field, running in the same field. Some of them just want to prove the point, they want to score really bad, that they take frustration out of these referees. Do they not get intimidated? Thanks, this is Nando from Mtar. Evening the member Tulane from Holland. Can you please ask the referee, does it give advantage to the player that he knows that is good that on the set pieces to say, Whenever I'm counting, I'll open my legs bigger so, so that the player can have more space whenever he's taking the set-piece. Thanks.
1: Mr. Messiah, how's it, my man? Uh, we have a great referee there, man, uh, Taram uh, What a referee, I admire a lot. A referee who was not afraid to take decisions, even big decisions. Big up to that man. Uh, Denny Morel, solo-sporting Rastenberg. Thank you, Mr. Musia. You're doing a great job, my man. Big
0: up, big up. Thanks, guys. Thanks for those voice notes. Let's take those three, uh, Mr. Damon. Do you not get intimidated by these big players that you come, against, come up against? Because you also refereed. Uh, you were also part of that Argentina game. And uh, you yeah. also did Japan and Denmark. I actually watched that this morning. There were so many free kicks and you even gave a penalty.
1: Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, you know, when you prepare, I mean, when you're going to World Cup, you need to understand that you are going to meet the world best, mm. and you can't go to the to that point where you are going to be intimidated. You, I planned for Didier Drogba when I started refereeing, and and and, and that that group of players, because I knew at that stage Drogba was a, a player who, at the smallest contact, went down, and I decided that I don't care how many times they kick him today in that match. In Egypt, um, against Egypt, I was—he I was, was going to get the free kick. If it was, if it wasn't, he wasn't going to get it. Um, and that earned, and that attitude, or that, um, yeah, that attitude helped me earn the respect from 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 the year. So we could talk about it years down the line. And he always reminds me um, about the first time I I, I refereed, and now I didn't care that he was a big football star. And so sometimes it, you, you, you could be overwhelmed. Um, and some, But you must also remember that the players are just human beings. They're like naughty little boys. Going into the Argentina dressing room is a risk. <laughs> because they're playing games and they're hiding. I mean... Um, uh, um, There's a picture Messi of you with Maradona that we Messi was so hiding Aguero's boots. <laughs> I'm coming to inspect players and Messi's hiding Aguero's boots um, in the dressing room. You know, um, when you go into the Brazil dressing room, then you, uh, then you have uh, Ronaldinho playing tricks on 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 people, and in the one corner somebody's tapping a ball, and and so they are just human beings, and and understand that they are professionals, and you also asked to do a professional job, and 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 then football is about the players; it's always about the players; it's mm-hmm. never about the referee, and and I I always encourage. This was my, my father, my late dad, always used to say. When they never re- remember the referee, then you know that you've had a very good game. Uh-huh. You know, and, and we try to do that. And, and football is about the players. And the one about the distance. Yes. When you start wanting to bend the rules, then you have to bend, bend the rules all, all the way around and you lose yourself. When, oh. you, when, you, when you referee and you stick to the rules and you apply them correctly... Without wanting to favor or balance scales, then your game turns out to be much better for you. So, so when, it's, when it's 9.15, I know, for example, um, let's take from for example. When he plays uh, and, 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 he, and he gets the ball, hmm. you know for a fact it's not going to be a short ball, it's going to be a long ball, <laughs> so you start running. So you know how certain players play, and you know that when sometimes players go down in an area, you know who's going, you know why they go down. So you have to look extra carefully to see is this really a free kick? Okay, no, it is a free kick. They're not just going down because they're in the range of player X or player Y. Um, and so, no, I don't give extra extra yards um, because I know this is a specialist free kick because this is a big player. Uh, you, you get to treat everybody equally.
0: There's a picture that we posted of you and Messi in the tunnel. It was before the Germany Argentina game. It looks like he was cracking a joke, or you were cracking a joke. You both laughing there. Do you even remember what you were talking about?
1: It was the end of the Mexico Argentina game on the on the day oh, that we called. Oh, Mexico Argentina. We hmm. called um, Black Sunday. Because it was a it was a day when refereeing uh, got things wrong, and it was in the Mexico Argentina game, and then on that same day it was England Germany in Bloemfontein. But I was in the I was fourth official for that game, and uh, Argentina scraped through that game uh, from what looked like, and now subsequently we can say it was a goal that was offside. Mm-hmm. And um, Messi was one of the last people to leave the field. I was busy doing my admin my admin stuff. And I was one of the last people to leave um, from the field as well, and we were walking up the tunnel, and I just we just started chatting. I said, I said well done, and uh, looking forward to the next game. And he said, Yeah, and I said, I hope, hope, and I said to him, hope it's a it's a it's a better game than today. Uh, don't you think you guys were but you know but lucky? And he laughed. And he said, Yeah, 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 no, we were bit fortunate today, type of thing. You know. Mm. Um, not the exact word, but mm. that's the context of what we were talking about as we were walking up the walking up the the, the um, tunnel at the FNB Stadium.
0: Yeah, and overall now, Mister Jerome Damon, with these games that we've mentioned, how do you look back at your own 2010 World Cup? What was your scorecard?
1: I think refereed two and one two. I think we will be, we we worked very well as a team. Uh, you know. Uh, a good referee always has a good refereeing team. you know a referee doesn't come without his assistant referees. The assistant referees make referees work can make the referees work very easy or very difficult and and i was i'm very blessed to have had the caliber of Ina police mm. and the uh, Celestine and uh, on my line i mean there are many times inna could have i mean he he's short eh but he chows you he he feels that uh, you are not running like you must run or you're having a bad game. He lets you have it in your ears. I mean, there was one time that he he stuck his flag up, mm. and I knew that this was going to be a red card. And I looked at him, and he said to me, that player needs to go. I said to him, are you sure? And this was in Algeria, and it was a home team player. I said to him, are you sure? He said to me, come one step closer. I'll put this flag down, and you'll see how sure I am. Mm. You know, and that's Mr Mulisse. Um, and so, you know, we've we've both I mean we've been together as referee assistant referee since two thousand and three and and he's been my right hand ever since. I I, I and I'm not ashamed to say, mm. if it hadn't been for his guidance specifically on my line, I don't think we would have achieved um and been in the many spaces that we've been privileged to be in. Um, and it's, it's down to his uh, guidance from the from the touchline. So Inapulife is my is my left, is my right and is my conscience as well.
0: So many people enjoying this interview. Joseph Mambo says thank you for bringing Jerome Damon for part two. I'm loving his stories on our SMS line here yeah. press uh, somebody says, fascinating storytelling, especially the Latin affair. It was palpable. Referees are human after all. This is from Coogan in Napriska, Northern Cape. I guess now the big question, Mr. Damon, with a minute left of the show, is when is the book coming out?
1: My friend, many have asked me when is the book coming <laughs> out. But, but each chapter is still there. Are many chapters still being written. You know, and my motto is the journey continues, and so where I can add value in terms of referring development, that is, that is my motto, that is my passion. Um, and so maybe one day in the future there will be a book where people have offered to write, um, but I'm, so f- I'm full Dratman. I I want to see every word that is written, whether it is going to be written the way I would say it. Mm. So I suppose I have to start writing at some point if it's going to be of any worth to anybody.
0: Quick one, thirty seconds, what's your take on the standard of refereeing in the country at the moment?
1: Man, it's going to be unfair for me to make a comment on that. Mm. Um, I would rather leave those to, to people who are qualified to say so and to talk about that.
0: But the fans are not happy. Are they not qualified?
1: <laughs> well, every fan, they, when you, when you referee, you have... One set of fans are very happy with the referee and the other set of fans who are not. <laughs> and that's just what refereeing is all about. You just get to accept, uh, well, okay, maybe today it didn't go your way, tomorrow it will go your way. Um, and this is what we accept, and this is what makes football beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're a good man, Mr. Jerome Damon. Thank you for speaking to us. We hope that we'll have more conversations with you on, on, on the show going forward. People really enjoying the conversations that we're having with you. I was hoping we'll get more technical questions about the refereeing, but we don't mind because you've really given us a lot here. Thanks for your time again, sir. You're most
1: welcome and I'm glad to come back and just talk about refereeing and what we do to train
0: yes i'm hoping we uh, we can have more in-depth conversations about refereeing but do follow him on twitter though at jerome underscore k Damon
1: there and you can continue to pick his brain but we have to go it is eight o'clock and it's time for news